0: Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what they love. That's making a living. That's that's what seems to elude a lot of people, yep. right? Uh, that they have to have a day job um, to support what they really want to do, mm-hmm. what they really love doing, and and that day job they hate and what they're doing they love, but they can't make a living doing it. And that seems to be the big dream for yep. for writers, comics, speakers. You know, this is, I know what my purpose is. My purpose is to be up on stage or to mm-hmm. be a writer, or to be creative, to write a book. But um, it costs me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not only am I not making a living from it. But I have to pay to have these classes. Mm-hmm. I have to pay for headshots. And I'm barely making ends meet. So, how do we um, make a living from it? Mm-hmm. You know, get paid to do what we love. And uh, let's, I like to talk about that. And I'm going to now um, be. Calling up a lot of people and interviewing people have been very successful about it. So all of you can figure that out, Mm -hmm. not just from me, but from the people I bring on this show. But let's just start the ball rolling. Yes.
1: So one of the things we wanted to talk about, because there are many steps to making money with your creative endeavor. And one of them is, of course, networking. Yeah. Getting and not just business networking but your support system all the all the different bodies of people who you are going to be working with in order to have this successful career that is on its way, hopefully, and right. uh, and how that changes over time. So let's first talk about, like, why why do people need to network? Why do they need, uh, you know, why can't, you know, one man be an island in his creative endeavors?
0: Yeah, especially in stand-up comedy, where mm-hmm. we're all sort of on stage by ourselves, mm-hmm. right? What I found, that, what I discovered looking back at my career and, and people's career is that, People who got successful pulled their friends with them. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I mean, I look at like, there was a group, four guys, uh, Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld, um, Larry Miller, and Paul Reiser. Okay. Right. And they all have had extremely successful careers um, as writers, as comics, as having their own TV shows and what have you. And, and it's because when they made a pact, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when one person's making, they're all going to pull each other up. And that's exactly what happened. When Seinfeld got the deal, because he was the best looking of all those guys, <laughs> right? Uh, um, he got his pal Larry David to work with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what is it? $10 billion later, Yeah, there it goes. And Paul Reiser, of course, had his own series and larry david every time i turn on the tv there's larry david um i mean there's uh, larry miller and so um it becomes very important uh to network with people mm-hmm. um i look at a guy like uh dan ninen he's a stand-up comic mm-hmm. ever hear of him oh yeah you've heard of him yeah most people haven't not a household name but dan is making between 15 and twenty-five thousand a show and mm-hmm. Drives a Tesla, entering the world. <laughs> How? Because Russell Peters, do you know Russell yes, Peters? Yes, do know. Russell. Russell Peters is one of the most successful, richest uh, comics around. Mostly, um, and I think in Europe and India, and I mean, he s- plays huge arenas. Mm. Um, and uh, Dan, who is a half Japanese, half Indian, palled up to him. And then Russell Peters asked him to open for him. Okay. And then he rode those cocktails to get his own gigs, and that's what happens. I don't know anybody who really makes it on their own. So one aspect of networking and getting successful um, is really identifying yourself by who your audience is. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about Dan Aykman, for instance. He's half Japanese, half Indian, and um, I think his jokes are kind of like I'm half Japanese, uh, half Indian, half Japanese. That's right. I get my sushi at Seven Eleven. Mm. Ha, ha ha ha. Okay, so um, what he did was he got himself in front of an Indian audience. And they love him, but he's talking about being Indian and his Indian mother who has a heavy accent and what have you. And um, and he's huge Indian run businesses, the corporate, you know, the whole corporate thing, um, uh, uh, comedy concerts, huge I think of a guy like Maz Jorani, who was my um, a student as well, who didn't want to talk about being Arab. And I said, come on, it's your, you know, that's mm-hmm. your ticket. And that launched into the axle of Evil Tour mm-hmm. and, and every, you know, huge audience. So, first step in networking is to find out who your audience is mm-hmm. and get in front of them and the organizations and network with them. Mm-hmm. So when it, that all has to do with discovering what your material is. Yep. And in discovering what your material I think of um, Ron Becker, Rob Becker. Um, he wrote um, a play, which was just a stand-up act, called um, Caveman. Something about the caveman. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It ran off Broadway for <laughs> 20. I think it's still there. It tours all across the country without him in it. Mm. Million millions and millions of dollars. Um, what he did was his stand-up act was based on a premise, men and women are different, mm-hmm. right? Not that original. Yeah. But what did he do? He sent out invites to therapists, couples therapists, and then he'd go into city, have a free show for a couple, invite their mm-hmm. patients and, it, and then word of mouth, and it just was fantastic. It was huh. like a show that couples went to. Yeah. So that kind of networking is super important, is like to discover who your audience is
1: mm-hmm.
0: based on who you are. Yeah. Like if you're Jewish and you have Jewish material, you could do a tour playing synagogues, playing. You have an audience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You have an audience there, I think, of a comic, uh, Monica Piper, she turned her um, stand-up was about her Jewish family. She played at um, the Jewish Women's Theater in Los Angeles. It, it got optioned. I saw it for Off Broadway, and there was a picture of her with a huge billboard in friggin' Times Square. Mm. It's like, wow, she found she found her audience and she networked with them. She got to know people in the community. Mm. Okay, so does yeah. that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, I think you know on top of just you know for our non performers as well you know finding seeking out your audience is is all a part of the process but you have to then engage and then also engage with the people who are engaging with your audience mm-hmm. you know you you don't want to be the the outlier in that uh, when it comes to you know who's doing stuff with that audience if you have people who are also delivering things to that audience you should be going and networking with them you know you don't want to be as you always say, the best kept secret of your audience, you know. You want mm-hmm. to get out there and let them know who it is. You know, it's the same with, with business. If you if you have, a, you know, a manufacturing business, you're going to align your, yourself with suppliers and vendors who deal in your, you know, in your product and who can help you get your product out. Right. Same thing with creatives. You know.
0: Exactly, because like... If you just go, I want to be famous. I want to be famous. I want to be famous. Well, famous where? Yes. In what? In what venue? And what? In what? Oh, well, if I want to play Vegas, well, who's your audience? Mm-hmm. Because now you, you, you know, and definitely there are people who appeal to, like everybody, mm-hmm. or like an Ellen DeGeneres, or. You know, but you don't start there now. Things are more people like um, there are even there are even comedy nights with just accountants. Mm. Like I know, I have a, uh, somebody I help write material for him. He's an accountant, and he's making good money doing funny stuff. Uh, a speech with a message for accountants. Mm-hmm. I just had lunch with um, invited someone to lunch who's very prominent in the Jewish community. Next thing you know, you know, I'm now have um, a gig and coaching somebody as well. You know, from from that, so so it's like get out of the house, yeah, right, and and meet with people, but start developing material for a specific audience.
1: And I think the key word there is. You gotta be specific. You know, people become a a, you know, a a household name or or have a big general audience after they've already established themselves in little specific areas first.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a specific, it could be based on your age and your gender. Mm -hmm. You're a woman, you're older woman, let's just say. Okay, I'm washed up. I I can't do anything. Are you kidding me? There's Mm -hmm. so much opportunity for older women because because of biases and and late-night television just catering to uh, millennials, that um, there's a, you know, I I play these places in Sioux City for, I'm talking about, a lot of money. They're put on by a local hospital for the women in the community, Mm -hmm. and um, it's awesome. Yeah. I've gotten gigs about just from networking with somebody on a plane, Mm -hmm. You know, asking them, what what do they do? And next thing you know, um, I tell them what I do um, in relationship to what they do. Like this woman, I think I told this story. It wasn't about the woman who was on a plane and she worked for the Army. No, she worked for the Navy.
1: Oh, tell us.
0: Okay, so I'm on a plane. And this one little networking opportunity ended up to be $160,000 worth of gigs. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was awesome because um, I have a special technique when I network. Okay. And and it's a little manipulative, but it works. Okay. And I did make 160000 from this, so do I have your attention, listeners? <laughs> I think I do. So what what this was was um, I always, when someone says, what do you do, I always say, what do you do 1st Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's very flattering because people... Um, like to have someone interested in them. So she goes, well, I work for the Navy. Uh, um, and I go, oh, well, what do you do? And she runs the civilian admin part. of. And I go, what sort of, really? What sort of problems do you have? Now, that's a key word. What sort of challenges mm. or problems do you have? Well, it's really hard that we've been downsized, so everybody's working long hours and, you know, a lot of tension in the workplace. And I go... Oh, well, you know, let me tell you what I do. I sh- I help um, the workplace lighten up. I'm a former stand-up comic, and I go in, and I create... Um, I show people techniques on how to better communicate and how to have a sense of humor at work and how to have more fun in the workplace so people end up saying, thank God it's Monday, right? Oh, okay. She says wow i could really use that right so she gives me her card i end up doing it port wanimi then next thing know, she refers me to the army to the air force to the navy to the navy seals and you know i've done over 16 gigs for them and that's why that one networking conversation so here's my tip for you guys okay on If you want to get commercial, you want to make a living, you really start to have to cater to your audience. Mm. Who is your audience? Now, if you want to make the big bucks and work corporate, Mm. then maybe get rid of those BJ jokes. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? Oh, it's so true. I had to, I was looking for a female comedian for a gig. And so I started to go through all YouTube. Mm. And I just go online. that's what everybody does. We just go online, start looking at YouTube, stand up videos, one leads you to another one, and I can't tell you how many people had an inappropriate joke, inappropriate meaning, you know, highly sexual yeah the in the first one minute, yeah, first of all, they had really bad sound. <laughs> well, we have to do another one on 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 um. Your video, yeah. <laughs> really? Are you really on purpose? Uh, if you do a video where the audio is so bad that no one can hear you, mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to be heard. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah. So you have to be on purpose for your audience. If if your intent is really to make money, mm-hmm. who's going to pay you? Pay you? What group? And then you're you're gonna have to change some stuff in your act because of that, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, and and the 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 network of people who are around that audience as well. You know, you don't want to be, you know, the person who shows up and be like, oh yeah, I'm totally, you know, this is my audience, but yet you've never been to a show that that audience would go to. You've never seen any of the other people who are performing or doing creative work within that audience. You got to get yourself informed. Mm -hmm. And you've got to take the steps. And like you said, you got to get out of the house.
0: Okay, this is what I realize it's all about, Mm -hmm. okay? And this is why people don't make a living. This is it. I got it. Okay. It's narcissism that's keeping comics so involved, or writers or whoever you are, so involved with yourself. The reason I got a gig was because I cared enough about another person Mm -hmm. to go, what are your challenges... And then adapted myself to her, so as, which is the definition of empathy, I would yep. believe.
1: And service. And as service.
0: As well. Why did we start this conversation with uh, the Guy Comics in New York? Hmm. They cared about each other. Yes. Okay. So here it is. Why, why did I just recently get a job yesterday? I haven't returned the call yet, but I got to. Because... I asked somebody to lunch to care about them. Mm-hmm. So it's really about um, caring enough about others to see their shows, to go out and network. And I have now, I'm now, and I didn't do this. I really regret doing this when I was into stand up because I was too self absorbed myself. Mm-hmm. But when I start seeing other people's shows and I'm there and I'm supported, I, I'm supporting them. I know they're going to be there for me Yeah. when I do my thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm preparing to do a, um, a one-person show. So I'm preparing by seeing as many shows as I can, mm-hmm. by networking with as many people as I can, by inviting people over to my house, inviting them over to lunch, inviting them over, you know. I am, I am mingling and being social. And I think for a lot of creative people, that's really hard. Yeah. So the question I ask you right now is, who can you network with? Yeah. You know, there are groups you can network. And then get your pitch together. Mm. And when you pitch yourself to another person, and someone if you've written a book and someone says, you know, what's your book about? Don't just talk about you know. Well, I wrote a book, and in this book, I show da, da 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 whatever. It's so boring. Just, just do it by being interested in them. For instance, let's say I wrote a diet book. Okay. I would say to you, and and say you say, what's your book about? So
1: what's your book about, Judy?
0: Well, have you ever had a problem losing weight?
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, have you ever had a problem where you or you go on a diet and you gain it right back? Yeah. Okay. Well, my book shows you how to keep that weight off. So I'm just making this up. So you framed it
1: around that other person.
0: I frame it about who I'm talking to because mm-hmm. most people say, well, in my book, it's this and that and chapter one is this chapter. No. Whatever you do, whatever you speak, you know, you, you frame it by the other person. Mm. And so that is what networking is all about.
1: Okay. Great. Well, one thing I also want to get into before we're done um, is sometimes people do all networking and no work. Or they think they've established themselves in a network and that network isn't serving them because they're, you know, getting around the wrong people. They're getting around naysayers. They're getting around people who say, oh, you shouldn't do this. You should do that instead. How do you identify when you're in a network that is serving you versus a network that is holding you back?
0: Well, that's a really good question because many of us have to change who we hang with Mm. if we really want to be. Upwardly mobile financially because we're hanging with a lot of toxic people and you can always tell um, if you are more tired after being with somebody then they are sucking your energy out of you and if you really want to be on purpose in life you have to be with other people who contribute to the world not they aren't energy vampires so I believe it's so hard to make a living as a creative person that you have to be careful who you're networking with because there are people who just take, Mm -hmm. right? And then there are people who will contribute to your life. But if you're going to be someone who contributes to other people's life and then you're with somebody who's just going to suck you dry, get
1: no. Yeah. So that is a great segue into an assignment of analyzing the network you're in now if you have a network or if you are networking right now and that example is great if you are more exhausted if you are more worn out after you've spent time with that network or worked in that network versus being energized and excited and wanting to go back in and do more of your creative work then it's time to start it's time to start deleting contacts out of the phone. Yeah,
0: know? yeah. It's life is too short. You got to get rid of the energy vampires in your life, and sometimes it's hard if you're uh, related to them. Yeah, <laughs> or sleeping right next to them. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And that's very true for a lot of people. Like yeah. the, 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 the worst enemies they have in their network is the people who are related to them or their families or the people around them. And, and yeah, you have to go out and find that other group, that, that group that you want to be a part of that energizes you and makes you want to do your thing.
0: Yeah. You you know, we all know how we feel with another person. And it's how you feel about yourself with your that other person. I know some people who when I'm with them they I feel like I'm the funniest person in the world, mm. right? You know, you know those people you yeah. feel, "Oh, I feel so smart with That's a good thing." Yep. <laughs> but if you're with someone and you go away going, "God, I said such stupid things. Why did I say that?" Chances are you're with someone who is uh, mm. uh, critical. Yeah. And well, condescending. And, and,
1: and I think there is a difference between, you know, you feeling bad and they've made you feel bad versus someone who's challenging you. Because you do sometimes want to be around people who are, who have more skills, who have more ability, who feel challenged. But when you walk away from that situation, you should be
0: energized. You should be yeah, like, I'm oh, I need to get. excited to work on that. Yeah. I got a new idea.
1: Exactly. But if
0: you walk away and you go, oh, boy, I need another drink. Yeah. Uh, then not good. Or
1: I just want to go home and feel sorry for myself yeah. for the rest of the night.
0: Yeah. Not good.
1: All right. So go find your network, analyze your current network, and uh, yeah, get energized.
0: If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to messageofview.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to JudyCarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career.